I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This episode of the Cult Popshow podcast was brought to you by our Patreon. If you want to tell us which films we should watch, get up to two extra exclusive podcasts a month, give us something to talk about in the post-credit scenes at the end of each episode, or even contribute to the discussion in the episode itself, then please consider joining the cult and donating at www.patreon.com slash Okay, okay, alright, fine. Let's do it, Richard. Welcome everyone to the Cold Pops Podcast. My name is AJ, I'm joined by Richard. Hi Richard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm present. AJ, what is what is this intro? You're AJ, doing? what are you what are you getting at here? What are you leading to? <laughs> well, Richard, I don't know if you knew it, but this is actually an episode of Film Franchise Fortnights on the Cold Pops Podcast, which is a show we've been doing for a number of years now where we watch and discuss a film franchise every fortnight from godzilla to godfather to god's not dead we've covered the whole gamut um and we will keep peddling that little tagline every episode Until I think, now. someone says they don't like it which will crush us because people might be like, why now? Why seven years in? Why eight seasons in? Are you now doing a catchphrase? It's because it took us that long to, to cover, cover those three. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now yeah. we can comfortably but, say we've, we've run the whole gamut. Yeah. You, yeah, exactly. Time. Yeah. So what we're discussing today, Richard, is actually the Ip Man franchise, not the IP Man franchise, as I've assumed it was called for years. As you attempted to make countless jokes uh, before it was, <laughs> and before you heard me say it. Yeah, look, and it's not like I thought it was about like intellectual property man or internet service provider man or whatever IP stands for in a computer context. I didn't think that. I just assumed it was IP man. And when I watched it, I would find out what the IP stands for because I'd never heard the the name Ip man before. So I was like, yeah, it's about a man who's like the IP man. (laughs) Yeah. He's like, you know, protecting intellectual property. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Um, And if that gives you an indication into how unfamiliar I was with this franchise going in um there you go uh but no ip man is a series of hong kong martial arts films based on the life and events of wing chun master ip man wing chun being a specific form of kung fu sort of championed by ip man famously adopted by bruce lee um it's it's somewhat of the like indie rock of kung fu i would i would yeah it's like the bad boy of kung fu it's the kind of the bad boy kung fu uh the series stars donnie yen and follows the titular ip man from the second sino japanese war in the mid 30s through to spoilers for the final film his death in the early 70s uh with a quick spin-off toward the end i'm sorry what yeah i haven't made it that far yet (laughs) 
<laughs> and then, yeah, this is this is very much a um a, a, this this franchise resembles uh, the Shrek franchise a bit, and then it's these four movies following the titular character, and then a quick spin off toward the end. Yeah, um, and um, following and of a course, fan favorite. Yeah, they're the main characters' death in the nineteen seventies. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Shrek Shrek found dead in a hotel in Miami. <laughs> um, the franchise is unique, I think, Richard, for being uh, multiple biopics. I feel like biopics don't get sequels. The only one I could think of outside of this would be Queen or well, Elizabeth the Golden Age, the yeah, Kate yeah, Blanchett. Yeah. That's the only other time I can think of a yeah, like um yeah, you know, a sequel like, to a biopic. I'm gonna well, there, there is like I, I I guess it's not really the same thing, but there's like three separate movies where Michael Sheen plays Tony Blair, and like right, where he, but he, he's like an ancillary character. I think not you. One of them is the one where there's the Queen movie about. I think it's in the Queen. He plays Tony Blair, the but then there's like two other yeah. movies um, where he also just plays Tony Blair. Do you think that's that they're intended to be connected through Michael Sheen's portrayal? It's the same writer, I believe. Right. So that's, so, that's or, arguably a franchise. Yeah. Then, right. The Sheen, Michael Sheen, Tony Blair franchise. Yeah. Yeah. Biopics with sequels. Let's see what it comes up with. Are there any sequel movies? Based on Pocahontas, a- Disney's Pocahontas, yeah. the sequel to that, the straight to DVD sequel to that, it follows what, like, you know, more or less what happened to her after the events of the first Apparently, film. Apparently, there's a straight out of Compton sequel in the works. Really? Yeah. Oh, in the works, right. Um, right. That's the only one on yeah. this website. Yeah. All of this being said, Richard, how true do you think the, the life of Ip Man as presented in this movie, these movies are? I, I think that what we what reason would china have to lie to the rest of the world about how cool or good they or their um icons icons are Mm. well more importantly richard what did we think of the film so for those who haven't seen them there are five films in the ip man franchise they consist of ip man in 2008 ip man 2 in 2010 ip man 3 in 2015 master z ip man legacy the spin-off in 2018 before finally ip man 4 the finale in 2019 um so let's begin with ip man 2008 directed by wilson yip and yip is another name for Ip Man as well. So it's all connected. We're all friends here. We're all what do you think? <laughs> wow, that's a niche <laughs> New Zealand commercial reference. <laughs> what what it's, do you it's think? It's also like I'm pretty sure it's only a Canterbury really? commercial, yeah. Wow. That'd be like bringing up like show us your crack. Yeah, or like Howdy and Rangura. <laughs> The Cantabrians um, listening to this are cracking up. Just rolling on For reference planes. to our, yeah, for context to our American listeners, funniest <laughs> shit you'll ever hear, what I just said. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think Ip Man 2008 has on Rotten Tomatoes? Uh, I'm going to go like a 90. It's got 86, so yeah. practically a 90. And can you tell me in great or li- as little detail as you choose... What is Ip Man about the movie? Not well, the I would say what's he about? Ip Man, Ip Man the film 
is about survival. That's what Donnie Yen said, actually. Well, he's a smart man, that Donnie Yen. He's he, there's a there's several points on the Wikipedia pages for these these movies that say Donnie Yen said the first film is about survival, and the second film is about living, and then the third film is about something else, and then just didn't do the last two. So I didn't write it down because I was like, well, he didn't finish the <laughs> didn't finish explaining. Yeah, so it takes place. During the Sino-Japanese Sino-Japanese War. War, and essentially it's that yeah you've the got this Sino-Japanese War. Yeah, you've got this um this kung fu master like like as you said you you kind of set up the character already a little bit but he him and his family are like forced out of their home and then he bands together with a group to like survive essentially mm. and it's like. Mm. Yeah, it's it's a it's a period piece. It's a war film. It's a martial arts film, but it's yeah. also it's also a story about family and survival and survival. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's so it's it's a lot of it is. Um, it's kind of a cosmic gumbo. He he's kicked out of this like lavish mansion that he lives in when the Japanese invade, and then he becomes a coal shoveler um, to try and make ends meet, and the the japanese army like the whoever's in charge i don't know what the bad guy's technical rank is but he's basically like going to these places these like coal mines and stuff and being like come fight me if you win or lose you'll get some rice because he just wants to practice and when certain uh narratively significant characters don't return from these fights Ip man gets a little curious and goes over there and fights 10 men at once and these dudes just look no, like i heard that was just a rumor no well that's what he can fight them that's what i love that's my favorite part about these movies is like they build up so much hype about will Ip man be able to defeat this next foe and he like never even comes close to losing mm. ever like he is always on top, um, but yeah. So he's it's sort of about him. Uh, effectively, the movie anyway frames it as him fighting, eventually fighting this uh, Japanese leader. It's sort of like, and that's what freed China. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sort of what this movie implies. Um, what did you think of this film? Had you seen it before? Yeah, Do you like th- it? This is like one of those weird... I-, I couldn't remember a single thing about the film other than that I have seen it before. And I remember right. quite clearly... I'd seen the first two films before. And I remember quite clearly the circumstances under which I watched them. And it was when I was studying acting, it must have been like a slow day or like um, between the end of like course for the day and our show that Mm. night when you have like three or four hours to kill. And for some people it's worth going home. Some people it's not. And you know, for me to spend an hour on the bus and then come back, it just wasn't worth it. So I would usually stay. And a group of us just like huddled around a laptop and watched both Ip Man films that were out at the time. There was only two at the time. Right. I, I remember we, we watched a few. I think we watched Old Boy like that, or at least I remember we watched. I remember specifically. I'd I'd already seen Old Boy, but I'm, the hallway fight scene. I remember watching that, and like I guess we just went through a martial arts phase and mm. got real into like these fights because that's kind of what Ip Man, as a series, is known for is just these yeah. beautifully choreographed fight scenes, and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess we just got real into it, man, and it, man, too. Uh, but I, yeah, I mean, watching, I was waiting, watching the films for something to be familiar, and there was nothing really other than just the general concept of Donnie Yen doing martial mm. arts. And, but I mean, yeah, I, I do enjoy the, I enjoyed probably all of these films. I had a weird experience by the time I got to the fourth one, but I, 
the Batman four, I should say, not the fourth. But yeah, but yeah. the but yeah, no, I I enjoyed all these films, and yeah, there's just I don't know, they just have like a cool factor, I guess that that like th- these are cool movies to say that you like, you know. Yeah, <laughs> I think a lot of martial arts movies are like that. But I guess like that—that's the question—is is how into martial arts are you? Because I feel like, do you know what, Rich? I feel like I've never spoken to you about martial arts specifically in all of our friendship. I don't—I don't recall a single conversation about the appreciation for martial arts. So I'm—I'm I'm curious as to whether you're into martial arts. Do you know, should, should, I'm, into- I'm gonna search through our um facebook okay. messenger chat for the term martial arts and i bet there won't be much okay well there's two matched messages that's very little okay so this is becoming a recurring segment on on the yeah i i, I, I very much enjoy chat um okay so it's just like not working so i'm gonna try it on my phone <laughs> <laughs> it, it, like it says there's two matched messages and it just won't show me where they are um damn but yeah i mean Am I into martial arts? Are you into martial arts? No, not at all. Couldn't give a shit about it. (laughs) So I on you said, (laughs) so you said IP man is winning. Me when someone asks why I go to the toilet so much, and I said it's actually pronounced IP, and you said you're kidding me, and then I (laughs) sent a voice note, and then you said the IP crowd, and I said I've seen the first two. And you said, I barely know what they are. And I said, it's just martial arts. Wow. <laughs> so that's one So that's time. the first. Th- and that was last week. Yeah. <laughs> and just to clarify my hilarious joke there, I was saying, when someone asks me, why do you go to the toilet so much? And I would say, I pee, man. Yeah. <laughs> and then you were like, it's not pronounced that Because <laughs> you'd made that joke several times already and I just ignored it. Had I? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and the other time I've mentioned martial arts, as I said to you, to the story about Shang-Chi and also the mm. announcement of um, El Muerto for context, I said, mm. I love, you know how some people are like, ah, it's kind of a bummer the first Asian superhero is just his powers, he's good at martial arts, and now the first Latinx superhero, and it's like, ah, uh, he's a Mexican wrestler. <laughs> 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 so those are the two times we've spoken about martial arts. Um, well, that should that should go go to show. I mean, like, I have I had a similar issue with um, dance as an art form and appreciating dancing as an art form, especially like sort of free form dance. Like, I would watch dancers and just be like, I, I could don't do that. really. No, we'll get to that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, no, not I could do that. Just I don't really know what I'm. What is what separates what looks good from what looks bad. But I think exposure to TikTok in the last few years has made me like a little more attuned to what makes a good dance. But I think like. It's not that I didn't like this movie. I should say I, I thought Man was cool. I thought it was, mm. it was a fun movie with um. And you know, it's not like. I don't um, see a fist do a cool thing, and I'm like, that was cool. It's more just like, it. I it feels, and this was this was sort of my my letterbox review for the film. Whenever there's like that, the movie breaks to do a fight scene mm. because that's what these movies do, right? They're like, all mm. right, we got, we did enough plot, yeah. we can have a little fight scene as a treat. It's <laughs> this. It's this film's sort of like using the same like. This is their version of breaking out into song or dance. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So whenever that happens, I kind of feel like I start staring at the invisible space between 
mm. my couch and my TV. The and like, wall. so I'm looking at, at the screen, but I'm not taking in anything that's happening. And I don't know what that says about me, what, what it says about like the kinds of movies mm. that I'm interested in. Do you think um, it's a race thing? No, and I knew you'd bring this up and I came prepared for this. I don't think it's a race thing because I've gotten like, you know, the, the, the various franchises and movies our, our fan base have made me watch has certainly broken me through into like appreciating anime a lot more mm. than than i usually do and and like that's subbed that's dubbed that's mm. got you know like all the all the um the 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 things in which if i said i didn't like this about it man or i didn't like this about it man you'd be like hmm, it's sounding a lot like you just don't like the the race of the characters <laughs> it's not that because i i enjoy foreign films i think it's it's literally it's just like i can only be so amazed by I guess filmed martial arts. I'm sure if I saw it in real life. Well, I guess it's the same thing that that like with without sort of and and I'm and I'm not saying that this is just a you thing. This is a universal thing that it's like yeah. without an appreciation for like how good the martial arts is mm. that it's like uh, why why is the final fight any better than the first one? Yeah, yeah, because exactly. because like we have no sort of reference for. I mean, you can. T- mm. I mean, you know, it goes on longer. It's more elaborate or whatever. But mm. there's no sort, of, and especially the like you you say the the way they make um it man himself be this kind of untouchable character it takes away a mm. little bit of the stakes as well because it's like well you know but i mean i like i am still able to appreciate mm. the the choreography of it and everything and the stunt work um but maybe not in the same way that other people yeah. appreciate these films but there's also like that that the cool thing about how like um just eastern cinema in general and like martial arts films there's such different approach to action as in the west and i I think there's an every frame of painting video about it where he talks about Mm. jackie he compares jackie chan's eastern to western performances and Mm. there's like you know because jackie chan's an actor who's like was always very much like doing all his own stunts and and everything and these big elaborate fight sequences often and you know being so good at incorporating comedy into it as well and it's like then you cut to something like shanghai noon shanghai nights and the example used in the video is there's like a bit where he's being punched and it punches like on the cut but there's like two or three frames and so the punch actually like repeats itself so it's like punch cut frame frame punch again and it just like that's how in western cinema we make the punch feel like it has weight mm. to it and it's and it's this thing that's so imperceptible to the human eye it's so fast um but it's just one of these little techniques and then so it's like well how do you make that's a, a trick that and it also gets around the fact that like this act is not actually being punched mm. um and so you have like exploring in eastern cinema how you know with these long takes and things how do you still add that gravity to it and yeah. yeah i mean it's just it's just well, you, really get, you get trained martial artists who are yeah. also actors and could just yeah. do it <laughs> um but it's interesting like the the have you ever watched like mma so i yes the i guess so my i had a flatmate i lived with for a while who was really into mma and and a couple of our friends got really into it so i've and i've watched them play the video game a bunch of times oh, yeah. he can play as joe rogan which is very funny that oh. joe rogan is a playable video game character in anything yeah um, but 
Yeah, I know. So I've seen a bit of martial arts, of mixed martial arts. Yeah, I um, I have a funny thing in in my life that so I've watched maybe all up a dozen or so combina- combination of mixed martial art and boxing matches. Mm-hmm. So it, yeah, probably a dozen up to twenty. I have never seen a knockout watching a, a thing live, and it's like I I, I that's why you watch people fight is for one because one of them is going to get fucking knocked out i've seen yeah it's all gone to like they've all gone the distance and it's gone to like decision or whatever i saw a draw once which is insanely rare and i'm just i just want one of these i just want one of these cunts to get knocked out sometimes (laughs) yeah yeah i mean yeah i think because if i compare it to um a summer's like because i was I was I was gonna no I was gonna compare it to John Wick Four actually because <laughs> I was quite excited to get the series because I thought Donnie Yen was probably the best part of John Wick Four yeah, like great. I loved his character and I'm not saying like that it didn't live up or anything but if I was just to articulate why I can watch fights in in a movie like John Wick and appreciate them more than something like Ip Man I feel like the nature of the like setting in john wick allows for let's like contextual fight scenes right Mm. like if john wick's shooting someone in a nightclub he uses the things around the nightclub Mm. and so it engages with the story in a way that it's not that the ip man movie doesn't do that but it's like I've never seen a fight club in sorry a fight scene in a nightclub mm. a fight club in a nightclub. I've never seen a night scene in a fight club. <laughs> yeah, I've seen, no, I've seen most of the scenes in fight club take place at night. Yeah. So just, um, um, I mean, that, that so, is so like I'm used to seeing. Yeah, I'm used yeah, yeah. to seeing. I guess like you know martial arts from the Chinese. Well, it's like it's like your yeah, action like since the it man franchise action has a new gold standard like at the time and and, uh when i was speaking to director chad stalski from uh, who directed Mm -hmm. all four john wick movies yeah he was talking about that because i said to him that it's like i um you know john wick's become the new gold standard for for action and so how do you Mm. how do you consider the difference between action 10 years ago and action now like you know do you feel mm-hmm. like you've made an impact and he, and he essentially just said like i was as far as i'm concerned i wasn't doing anything new i was just taking from eastern cinema and martial arts films and i mean fuck, he might have even mentioned it man by name but it's like uh, yeah the but but yeah i mean it, it is unfair to compare any action movie to john wick really because the the stunt work in those films is second to none and also yeah like you said the contextualizing especially like i think the second movie from memory probably does it best in terms of like the almost the jason bourne sort of thing of like grabbing anything to Mm. fight with Mm. Mm. yeah 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 um so all of this being said, I thought I, I I like this movie. There's some great stuff in it, but I could, if you were like, "What's your favorite stunt?" It's like I don't know. It all kind of blurs blurs together. Maybe that's more what I'm saying. Um, yeah, well, it is like t- talking about because we, we off pod we were both a bit like I don't know how much I have to say about this franchise, but it's like I find we get this when we get comedy movies as well, and like because right. because these are just action that it's like it's so hard to just like 
Mm. You know, we do a comedy franchise. It's just what were your favorite jokes, you know? Yeah. And an action movie, <laughs> it's like, I, I don't know. But then it's like, yeah, it's, it's weird because you could probably, you could probably make an argument for like any franchise mm. being like, any oh, well, it's just, is boring. well, it's just going to be like, oh, well, what's your favorite? Like, you know, there's nothing to talk about. But mm. yeah, I mean, when so much of it is choreography that when you watch these all in a like five day period, like I did, they, just blur together and so i couldn't even confidently yeah. tell you <laughs> which fight scenes cover which, which film which. yeah yeah exactly um you mentioned shanghai nights before well this is our third donnie yen film after shanghai nights mm-hmm. and do you know what other one he was in that we've seen is it like a muppets movie no <laughs> no <laughs> uh he was in blade 2 Oh, yeah. which i did not remember so third donna yen film so with all of these films that makes it our what our seven yeah. donna yen films all up that well, we've seen because archival be- footage yeah 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 we we have a segment that we usually forget to do on this uh the show called french wise where we discuss what about the first film uh, inspired a franchise going forward um and do you have any theories do you have any anything because it's as we say it's 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 weird to get sequels mm. to biopics and do we like know that. like did you come across in your research like before these films would your average chinese citizen know it man mm. Well, judging by how many other fucking Ip Man movies there are, I would say, yeah, he must be, like, quite the, like, historical yeah. figure in China. Yeah. Because, that's what I would assume. Because that's, I mean, that it's, uh, you know, essentially just, like, this guy's a superhero to China. Mm. And, yeah, uh, yeah I mean, I, I guess there's, I, I don't know how much of it's all true. I'm assuming all of it, but <laughs> the guy had a pretty interesting life. He had more stories to tell. And, yeah, yeah. uh, yes, yeah, so I guess they just decided to dive back into keep, that. Keep well, telling those stories. Yeah. 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 So, also, uh, was this producer, like a box office hit? And in, in oh, yeah, this, this, this was massive. And I think, um, and that, you know, that's all I'm starting to see a lot of the time. The answer to French wise is because money, money. Uh, but producer Raymond Wong, um, after the theatrical release of it, man in December, 2008 announced plans to make a sequel. Um, originally they wanted the sequel to focus on the relationship between Ip man and his most famous disciple, Bruce Lee. Uh, but of course, if you've ever tried to make any media that involves Bruce Lee, the state is, uh, usually not very cool with you just assuming you could do that. Um, so once upon a time in Hollywood and Bruce Lee's daughter was like, Bruce wasn't like that. And Tarantino was like, with all due respect, you didn't fucking know him. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And even up until 2009, it was said that uh, young Bruce Lee would be the focus of Ip Man 2. Uh, But the, yeah, they just never really secured the rights to do a full story about him so they it's almost like french wise well they thought they were going to be able to tell a bruce lee story and then by the time it was greenlit they weren't allowed yeah, yeah um, right, but right. yeah the the sequel involves um it continues at man's story focusing on his move to hong kong as he attempts to propagate wing chun in the region it came out in 2010 also directed by wilson yip what do you think this has on ron tomatoes uh, similarly high i would imagine 1995 mm-hmm. 
It's got 97%, which makes it the highest rated film on Rotten Tomatoes in the franchise. Mm. Um, and beyond he moves to Hong Kong, what is it about? What are we dealing? Who's the bad guy? What's the stakes in this one? Uh, yeah, th- there's a British boxer, uh, Taylor the Twister Miller, who mm. he takes on. And there's um, Hung Chun Nam as well, who is a another master of martial um, arts arts. but yeah i mean it ends in like a big sort of boxing match between um it man and the twister and he has to keep being like they have to keep being like stop kicking not allowed to kick in boxing (laughs) and he's like all right all right and then he'll kick him and he'll be like i'm you're gonna get kicked out if you don't stop kicking this guy (laughs) the agreement wasn't that it's it's that they both box. It was like let's combine, let's see which fighting style comes out on top. And then they're like, no, sorry, you've got a too overpowering move. Yeah, yeah, fight yeah, style. Yeah. It's like, well, then he's win- he should win. Then that's the whole point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, according to Wikipedia, this is a piece of dumb Wikipedia trivia, mm. or at least someone you know when you can tell when someone's edited something to get their favorite factoid yeah, right, yeah. across in a wikipedia page um in total Ip man 2 grossed an estimated 49 million worldwide but this amount does not include dvd sales all over the united states asia and europe and it's like you don't usually get that caveat it's just that yeah it's not the box office to, <laughs> to, to calculate the um the dvd sales yeah. uh what did you think of Ip man 2 do you agree that it's the high watermark of the series I would have to go back and look at my ratings, but yeah, I I really enjoyed this one, and mm-hmm. I mean, I, you know, I've seen it before at some point, but yeah, I mean, I in my review, I compare, I said this was the Rocky Four of the Ip Man franchise. Yeah, I've got a theory about that. About why I thought Would that. You- about the Rocky Four thing, because I've written down Rocky Four as well. Right, okay, let's hear it. I reckon the whole Ip Man franchise is Chinese Rocky Four. Right. Like there are at least in the first three, there are elements of Rocky Four all th- like so in the first one he saves his country in a fight, which mm. is a ridiculous concept, but it's that's in Rocky Four. He mm. ends the Cold War fighting Drago, and then in this one, um, the the other martial arts uh, wing, uh, what's his name, Hung Chung Hung Chun Nam, he is killed. If fighting Twister because yeah. he goes in first, just like uh, Apollo Creed and Rocky yeah, th- 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 Four. To me, and- that was the most explicit thing that it's like, oh, yeah. your friend got killed in the mm. uh, against someone from you know an yeah. opposing uh, yeah. p- uh, political force, political, and yeah, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> you take him on in the in the ring and presumably end the war going on yeah 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 and then uh, i think Ip man 3 uh the fact that uh, mike tyson is a part of it mm. feels very rocky 4 right like it mm. feels very it's a bit more rocky, rocky 3 40. with like um hulk hogan that's probably true there you go. <laughs> but but it is funny how like obvious the parallels and inspirations yeah, are or are they because these things supposedly happened in real life yeah. so you know maybe rocky four was the one copying yeah. man's real life yeah true um yeah no so i mean i i enjoyed as once i sort of clocked that as well i was like fuck yeah this one's mean <laughs> <laughs> this is my experience nice. with the film. what did you think of it do you think it's the best of the franchise um no i i have a definitive favorite and it's not this one i don't think i even it is a spin-off that's my favorite one (laughs) but i i don't even think this one like 
was better than the first one i don't think i think the first one had like this freshness and 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 this was like the everything about this feels uh, it gets worse as the sequels go on mm. but like it is that kind of like all right so what's what are we doing next what's the next part because it's like we already told the ip man story it's strange to now be saying like no no there's more to tell like, <laughs> no no he did stuff in the last 30 40 years of his life <laughs> <laughs> i thought there's a scene at the end of this film the one scene they're able to include bruce lee where this kid walks into ip man's school and he like thumbs his nose i don't know what that movement's called but it seems to be kind of like a trope and <laughs> and anime and stuff um and he's like i'm gonna oh, oh that's i'll talk about that soon but he's like i'm, I'm gonna i want to learn how to do martial arts and he's like come back when you're 16 he's like what's your name but he's like bruce lee and it's like okay <laughs> this is you know but, well okay i watched the dubs for two and three because i was very tired i i've been so busy this week i've had to watch these movies in the cracks of free time that i've had which has involved like watching them in multiple parts across like a couple of days and things See, like that uh, here in the uh cop option podcast we call that pulling a richard because mm-hmm. i've been doing that for years <laughs> um and the uh the i had to watch the dubs and boy do they make these films a lot worse i think they make them a lot funnier i think yeah well but you know they're not trying to be funny and these like i think i think i thought that'd be okay because i've i watch a lot of like studio ghibli dubs have kind of like got me thinking they can all be that high quality and yeah i mean they have they have pretty high budget yeah i mean they're, they're done by disney yeah and then i'll watch Ip man 2 on a dub and it is like when you picture the like uh the joke of the english dubbed martial arts film mm it is a man too yeah. like it is like like people people talking like this yeah and da, 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 da. It's, it's like it's all why did you so also strangely. like it's not only going to look weird but why did you also get bad voice actors yeah 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 and so when young bruce lee comes in and he's like a little rascal and he's like i'm gonna be the best martial art artist in the world i was like oh my god this is take this is dragging the seriousness of this film yeah. down for me i um because there was a bit of discussion in our discord this week of subs versus dubs and mm-hmm. and whatnot and I, I so i watched two three and the and four the finale dubbed as well um i because people were like which ones are you gonna watch and i'll and i just whatever netflix defaults to the first one defaulted to mm-hmm. um cantonese and the other two the the rest of them and then the the master z i had to watch i had to rent on apple tv plus and it didn't have a dubbed option and so it was just subbed anyway but um mm-hmm. when it comes to dubs versus subs i am so not a snob about this like mm-hmm. same with like anything with my my only preference to like watching the, a film on a big screen is so that I won't be tempted to look at my phone. Like I, some of the best films I've ever watched and the most transformative film watching experiences I've ever had have been at home or huddled around a laptop at acting school. Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah, there's p- people should watch films in whatever way is most accessible to them. And like, you know, if it man is your favorite franchise of all time and you want to share it with someone, but they have a hang up about, subs and it could even be that like you know this 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 person has uh like slow reading comprehension and you know like just 
actually just can't keep up with subtitles you know that it's like yeah i mean like dubs should be there for to make things more accessible to people if someone's more likely to watch a film because it's dubbed in english yeah like i, I yeah i don't know i i understand 100 i understand the argument for subs over dubs that it's like you're preserving the original and like we just said that it's like it adds this layer of comedy to it and i'm able and like i'm able to not mark the film down because of that right maybe that's the difference between us <laughs> yeah but that like yeah i mean i, I don't know i just think that i i'm i'm pro films being uh, accessible to as wide an audience as possible and whatever tools are needed for that and so i'm not ashamed that i watched the dub because it's just you know it can be i, I can you know do this watch this while i'm making dinner and if i have to turn around to put something in the oven i'm not gonna miss an important plot beat yeah. you know and yeah yeah i mean yeah it's just it's so much yeah like i mean the first one and master z i was in a zone where i was able to actually sit down and, yeah. and properly watch them and so yeah i was i was lucky to have and thankful to have the dubs for these for the ones that i watched it with because yeah you cut you can't always just set aside an hour and 40 minutes mm. to have your phone away and just be looking at the tv but yeah. when you can do that I yeah think, more power to you. i think that um I agree that like we, there there's like a problematic nature to dunking on subs all the time, and again like being used to usually watching dubs and but like dunking on dubs, you mean? Sorry, yes, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and again watching the the dubs of Studio Ghibli films, it's like, well, this is fine. Mm. And but I think like I thought you were gonna watch the subs for these, so I was like, I'll I'll fall down. The I'll be the silly boy. <laughs> yeah, I'll be the silly one. Um, and it's just I just thought it was so funny. Like there's so many funny li- line deliveries yeah. that is just like, why would you do it that way? And and interestingly as well, I had the um chinese to english subtitles on while watching the dub and they're different yeah, yeah. so you get two different because when when something is dubbed it's there's more of a focus on matching the mouth movements than actually translating exactly but yeah d- definitely more in um in animated things because you're you're mm. trying to like when the mouth flap is just half the time it's just a binary open or closed um yeah. it's a lot easier to match but yeah, I guess when it's live action, you're never going to match it. So it's more about like the length of the line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so there's a few fun um, things where like, like there was one in um, in Ip Man Three where um, Mike Tyson's character who dubs himself not they haven't kept the original audio. He's overdubbed himself for some reason, at least in some shots. Because yeah. there's one bit where the subtitles said fuck you but in the he mm. in the actual audio of the film he was like get out of here or something and i was yeah. like what's going on it is interesting. so i i and this is interesting because I, I noticed this in the first film which i was watching subbed i donnie yen i like a lot of his dialogue sounded 80 yard and kind of badly dubbed even though it was in wow cantonese and then so when mike tyson was on screen in the third film yeah like you say it's like you can tell it's not matching his mouth movement but it's you can tell it's up and so i would switch between the original language and english just to see and so there are there were scenes where mike tyson was speaking 
Cantonese or, or Mandarin. Really? And yeah. Oh, okay. And so he's obviously learned his lines phonetically, which is something that, you know, um, non English speaking actors do all the time. And mm. so there's, there's big parts of these where, um, and if you're watching it in English with subtitles, there'll be stretches that aren't subtitled because it's, it's, you're watching the, the subs and it assumes you're only needing the subs because you don't, because you speak only speak mm. English. And so when the characters are actually speaking English, they don't give you any subtitles. Mm. And yeah, there, there's, there's a few scenes where he'll be talking to someone in English and then he'll have like a little aside to himself, which will be in Cantonese or Mandarin. And he, yeah, it's, it's, it's weird. Like, but I think they've, like you said, they've still dubbed his English lines again. It seems like. I mean, it could just be yeah. the weird way he talks, but yeah, it, it is. It's quite a funny thing, and I mean, yeah, like having this little experiment and finding out how they do these scenes and who's dubbing who and when they're dubbing and when they're not is, um, mm. yeah, it, it was uh, you know, gave me give me something to talk about <laughs> on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. So Donegan expressed a lack of interest in making a third film initially. Uh, he said, Ip Man 2 will incontrovertibly become a classic, bettering the first. Um, and then Yen later stated after Ip Man 2 that he would no longer be involved in the film based on Ip's life. And yet, Richard, five years later in 2015, he did return for Ip Man 3, also directed by Wilson Yip. Uh, what do you think this has on Ron Tomatoes? I imagine this one would be lower right um yeah it is lower it's, but it's still it's at 77 yeah. percent, which is still a respectable score um and what is it about uh so this one's about mike tyson <laughs> yeah he plays like what <laughs> it's like a um a he's a crooked property developer yeah. trying to take over a primary school yeah <laughs> Mike Tyson's this this property developer. They're trying to he's, he's using gangsters to try and like take over a primary school. And Ip Man, being an upstanding member of the community, decides to stop them. Um, and uh, all the while, his wife has got a a cancer diagnosis um, that uh, kills her by the end of the film. I haven't got um, that. And yet. we also meet the character who will be the subject of the spin-off in this one mm, uh, named yes. chung tin chi who is working sort of for mike tyson uh and mm, then uh, loses sort of, you to know, loses yeah. to Ip man and and gets on more on the straight and narrow by the end of the film yeah. so what did you think of this one yeah i mean this one i still enjoy but it is a weaker entry mm. it's fine i remember so this came out in 2015 so that was the pretty much the year i moved to auckland i moved up here at the end of 2014 and i remember so specifically seeing at st luke's mall a poster for it man 3 and being like huh that's funny like i remember you know sitting around a laptop watching the first two and then seeing the poster and it's like <laughs> is mike tyson in this film and then and just being like what the hell <laughs> Mm, like mm, this no. i remember this being this like sacred cow of like yeah, yeah. martial arts films that like you know this this duology that you know they were never mm. going to make anymore um and yeah. now it's like not only making a third one but it has mike tyson in it yeah yeah no it's a weird it's it's quite it's i'm surprised this movie has as high of a rotten tomato score mm. as it do, does because that Mike Tyson grenade in the center of this film, a a, a it's, a, it's a real grenade a, in the salad. Yeah, 
he's 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 not an actor and he's also like kind of a public figure i think people struggle to take all that seriously anyway right so so it was interesting i didn't think he was too bad in it but it still is like there's a thing it's like he's not horrible yeah uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, despite initial reluctance, Donnie Yen agreed to uh, return to the role of Ip Man because, quote, no matter where I go, nobody knows me as Donnie Yen. They call me Ip Man. So I decided to play the role one more time to fulfill everyone's wishes. And there's something very sad to, to like, yeah. Donnie Yen's losing in that situation. The real Ip Man is losing in yeah, that yeah, situation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and this is actually, would you believe it? This is our sixth Mike Tyson film on film franchise Fortnite. <laughs> wow. I, yeah. I mean, he's in all three hangover movies. He's only in the first two, but yep, that's two. Is of he them. not in the third one at all? He's not in the third one. Uh, that's two of them. And is he in a Muppets movie? No, but you're on the right sort of track. It's, it's, like, it's a, of like a, a dumb cameo somewhere. They're all, the rest of them are all dumb cameos. Right. And the types of movies that would have dumb cameos. In separate franchises? Or how many franchises? Three three separate franchises, three separate films. Wow. Um, not like Anchorman, he's not in either of those. No. One of them's um, more serious, and then the other two are like, Blade. oh yeah, that makes sense. <sighs> No. So what a serious f- film and a serious franchise that would have a Mike Tyson cameo. Rocky. Why would Mike Tyson... So he's in Rocky Balboa. Yep. Oh, is he? I, I assume in a cameo role. I can't remember. Oh, I think at the end, maybe when they have the fight that he's mm. just like as part of the crowd or something like that. Right, right. Um, and then the other two from two different comedy franchises, which would have a Mike Tyson cameo. Mm-hmm. neither of them are animated no neither of them are animated it is the only so uh Ip man 3 is the only mike tyson film we've watched where he's not playing mike tyson so he's oh, well, he's explicitly yeah. mike tyson in all of these but the other two are he is apparently in scary movie 5 because oh, yes, yep, that's yeah, the kind is, of person yeah. who'd appear in scary movie 5 and he also appears in crocodile dundee in los angeles <laughs> <laughs> i think he might be in the um opening scene of scary movie five right or is that, it no that that's uh, snoop dogs on it look those i remember not two people surprised walking that... through a um yeah <laughs> wow yeah um so bruce lee a young bruce lee once again um was supposed to uh be the focus of this film um but they couldn't find any actor who could portray bruce lee's intensity on Mm. screen and so at some point during the production of this 2015 movie they decided they were going to use cgi to make bruce lee appear in the film uh which i think is a very bold move for a movie at that time yeah it would be bold now to do an entirely cgi character (laughs) um in a live action film um the c the ceo of bruce lee enterprises though chris storty um which is the the, they they bruce lee enterprises is the sole owner of the worldwide rights of bruce lee um they were quote justifiably shocked that this plan was going ahead without them being really consulted at all (laughs) Um, and they said to state in no uncertain terms BLE intends to seek all remedies available 
to it to stop Pegasus, who's the production company, from including the computer-generated version of Bruce Lee in Ip Man 3. And they added, um, uh, uh, and however, Pegasus asserted that Bruce Lee's brother, Robert Lee, who worked as a consultant on Ip Man 3, owned the intellectual property rights, and they were like, that's why we thought we could use it. And they were like, that is... No, he does not own the intellectual property rights. Um, and The Guardian noted that the plans to use a CGI Bruce Lee were dropped as a, re- as a result. Though Bruce Lee does appear in this film, portrayed by someone named Danny Chan, um, who played Bruce Lee in the 2008 TV series The Legend of Bruce Lee. So it's sort of like what we're saying about Michael Sheen. There's this dude that just goes around playing Bruce Lee and things. Um, and he's he's only in it for a little bit, and he's certainly mm. not the focus. Like they they clearly spent two sequels now chasing this Bruce Lee v Ip Man film, and they haven't been able to get it out yet. Have you been? Uh, are you very familiar with um, Bruce Lee? Um, oh, somewhat. I know a bit about him. Yeah, it's actually like because I, I I remember just like reading all these like crazy Bruce Lee facts. And sure, like there was mm-hmm. yeah, like he um. Uh, kick, once kicked a 135 kilo sandbag up to the ceiling like wow. just, he, he could punch nine times in one second how he's just one punch per hand how long's a second one so he's what? punched nine times that- yeah he could do 1500 <laughs> push-ups with both hands 400 with one 200 with two fingers and uh 100 push-ups on one thumb pretty cool maybe we should watch some bruce lee are there any bruce lee franchises yeah he yeah, yeah maybe i, I need so. to see the best of the best to, yeah. to fully appreciate well there's the movie there's, i know there's a movie where he fights chuck norris bruce oh. lee films i mean into the dragons the big one is that a part of a franchise i don't know did they... i'm sure our discord would like us to think that just bruce lee movies are a franchise they fucking would wouldn't they the the olsen twins are a franchise yeah the um the Michael Sheen Tony Blair movies are a franchise. <laughs> that one I'm partial to. <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe maybe there is a sequel. I don't know. No, it doesn't mm. look like it. So, Into the Dragon came out mean- after he died. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's interesting. I mean, that, that's like his most famous sort of sort of film. But yeah, it um was the last mm. film he completed before he died mm. at the age of mm. thirty two. Um. Do do you have anything else you wanted to discuss with Ip Man Three? Any other stray observations? Any other like, um, I don't know. Did you like any of the characters? Did you think any of them maybe deserved a spin off, for example? Um, I would like you to see more Mike of this Tyson Mike Tyson guy. guy yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, unfortunately, it wasn't him who landed the spin off. But in 2018, uh, we got Master Z Ip Man Legacy. This was not directed by Wilson Yip, but instead. Yuen Wu Ping, and what do you think this has on Ron Tomatoes? I would hope this one's high, but I would imagine a little bit lower on the other side. I would guess like high 80s. It's 89%, which is the second highest in the franchise. Hell so yeah. pretty interesting um, that it, that it's got that much of a, a reputation despite being absent of any real like Ip Man stuff. Um, what is this movie about? So after the being defeated by the Ip Man, There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. And himself, Master Zed himself, uh, goes to a small town and um, wants to leave behind martial arts altogether and... He has a he has a kid, right? But then, you know, just when he thinks he's out, they pull him back in. And yeah, he's thinking he's back. And <laughs> yeah, this one has the sort of, um, I guess, underground criminal network that he sort mm. of takes on. But it, yeah, it features Dave Bautista and Michelle Yeoh. Yeah, and I thought they were both really good at it. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed seeing them. And um, what did you think? Did you like it? Yeah, uh, yeah, I think this movie fucking rocks. Yeah, yeah. I do too. I thought it was great. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, it is funny, and um, I remember when I was speaking to Dave Batista, I was talking to him about. Uh, <laughs> do you want me to like call you out on these name drops you've started doing to to like humble you and humanize you a bit, or should I just? No, I want you to be. Stay I want you to be impressed by them. <laughs> well, I am impressed by them. <laughs> well, good. <laughs> uh, that's another day. I shall not be humble. <laughs> yeah, no, just about like you know choosing roles and and stuff. And yeah, I continue to not be disappointed by. Hmm. I <laughs> I haven't seen Army of the Dead, but I continue to not be disappointed by Dave Batista's role choices and i mean even something like army army of the dead he turned down the suicide squad for it because he was like this is the first lead role i've ever been offered in in a zack snyder you know and it's in a zack snyder film so i can't say no Mm. um and yeah even something like this where because you know there's this tradition essentially of big budget chinese films getting a, a, a random actor (laughs) <laughs> to come over and learn mm. a couple of lines phonetically and maybe they can say a few in english and yeah he's great he's having a great he's having a great time he he suits the role and mm. yeah i um i i enjoy his performance and then yeah michelle yo obviously has the league up like actually the, the, the matriarch of being yeah. like uh of like um a um ma- what's the chinese mafia called the the chinese mafia yeah, yeah. <laughs> triad is it i don't know what she'll say but um she's the leader of the uh chung lock organized crime syndicate but the yeah yeah, but i mean she obviously has the leg up of actually knowing the language as well uh, as well as Mm -hmm. being a famous actress in the west Mm. um yeah yeah Yeah. that's good fun good fun film and the 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 fight scenes were all still you know the the high quality we've come to expect from this franchise and i think there's a richard style and a richer style to to this one and it makes me wonder (laughs) is just you and whooping a better director than uh wilson me and whooping yeah you said okay you said what what did you say you you and is his first yeah me and all right we make fun of people's names now what are we doing no i just oh, you kept trying to bring me up and i was just talking about the richard style talking about me and Wu Ping's directing 
I thought the the you could almost call this film, Richard, a neon noir oh, in a lot of places. A neon the, the genre, the genre I'm currently attempting to make for one dollar genre. But I thought one thing I loved about um Dave Batista's character, who is this he he owns a steak restaurant, and when we first meet him, he's this very gentle, very nice sort of um accommodating, respectful man, um who. Uh, as the film goes on, you find out that actually he's he's behind it all, and it was very it was a very well developed character, I thought. Um, and I reckon he's the only like American or Western actor in the whole franchise who manages to sell the weird uh, translated to English dialogue, which I'm sure non English speaking actors mm. have to deal with this all the time, right? You, you you watch a character speak like Chilean in a movie, and people from Chile are gonna be like, "That's a real weird way to say that sentence." But- Especially English, like with yeah. um, yeah, with X. Uh, apparently, like um, Gus and Breaking Bad's accent is all wrong or something. Yeah, yeah, There's, yeah. Like, yeah. That's that, was, that was the, what I was citing from. Yeah. Um, but da- so so like whenever there's an English character in Ip Man, a character speaking English, they are speaking like with what I would say are like Chinese ideas, like sentence structure, mm. but they're speaking English. So it's very strange that it doesn't sound like how it sounds slightly off to how like yeah. English speakers actually speak. But Dave Batista, the way he delivers it, it feels more like he has like the character has made the decision to um acclimatize to Chinese social standards mm-hmm. and he's speaking English. So it, it sounds like it, you know, it sounds way more genuine genuine and he sounds very respectful and i think that that fleshes out his character and makes him like this this creepy dude he's got a hell of a butt in this film i don't know if Uh, he knows there's a couple of shots where he's like jumping and throwing people around and he has got a bubble butt and mm. i'd be remiss to not mention dave batista's um just you reminded me of something there did you (laughs) in the in this uh in the dubs there's a few characters Mm. who they're speaking english but they're doing a chinese accent really yeah <laughs> it's like like there's a it's, there's no no major characters but there was one that was like a an elderly shopkeeper or something like that and the mm. person talks to them and they're like hey man how's it going i'm just here to and then they reply with just like an accent i can't you can't do like i'm not allowed to do <laughs> but yeah, um yeah and it was just well, like noticed- why would you like if you're, get, yeah, yeah. if you're dubbing it why would you get someone to do it? but it seems like you know someone comes into the recording studio and they're like oh this is so this is the character you'll be playing you've got you know these three or four lines and they're like well i'm playing a chinese guy so clearly <laughs> you want me to do the accent and someone else is directing the dub who directed the film yeah. probably um, I did notice in Ip Man 2, some of the dubs had a New Zealand accent. Mm. I don't know if you noticed that. Yeah, I didn't. There was a, few, I, a, few, um... a few times where I was like, that's a Kiwi twang slipping yeah. through there in this uh, 1940s Chinese character. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is our ninth Dave Batista film for Film Franchise no. Fortnites. Do you want to take a guess you got what your, else we've covered? I was going to say three Guardians movies, but the third one comes out this week um so so two guardians movies two avengers movies that Mm -hmm. he's in um that's all for the mcu because yep yeah thor love and thunder's not out not we didn't cover that how many did you say nine yep so you've got oh so and he's he's in one of the scorpion king movies He's in the Scorpion King three battle for redemption, <laughs> in a in a pre fame like he was just he was just one of the many wrestlers they yeah. got to play characters in those. Films. And then 
Yeah, is there any other from the Batistance, or is there, or are they like pre-fame ones? I'd say, I'd say one of them is like just before the Batistance, and one of them you could argue was like the first film of the Batistance. And it's not Guardians. I guess it would be Guardians, wouldn't it? Yeah. It came out after Guardians, so, right, so okay. in the in the in the slipstream of the Batistance. Okay. Oh, he's in one of the Scooby Doo films. No, no well, he wasn't in those, was he? No, no, he wasn't. He John Cena. Uh, no. So he's in Riddick, the third Riddick movie that's just called Riddick, oh, yeah. confusingly, and he's also plays the that like weird henchman inspector. Oh that's yes, what I, yeah. I would say is, is was a big, uh, yeah, big moment for him. And this is also our fifth Michelle Yeoh franchise. Do you know what she has been in? I know she's in Guardians of the Galaxy two. Yeah, she's one of the like post credit other... scene. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep, she's also in Kung Fu Panda two. Yeah tomorrow never dies which i'd completely forgot about and it's crazy to me that this means michelle yo wasn't like you know someone i'd clocked as being a, a famous mm. person when we watched tomorrow never dies yeah right yeah, which yeah. doesn't seem like that long ago and of course she's also in the mummy tomb of the dragon yes, emperor yeah. yeah so only a year later in 2019 we got ip man 4 the finale this was once again directed by wilson yip what do you think this has on rotto tomatoes what was the lowest one 77 percent was it yeah I, I think this will be higher than that i'm gonna go like mid 80s 85 wow, very good it's gonna be more mid 80s what is ip man 4 the finale about this one's about racism yeah this one this one's like you've mm. seen him deliver china from the from the japanese dictators you've seen him fight the british the the you've seen him fight uh <laughs> mike tyson but now ip man is going to san francisco <laughs> <laughs> Like it's like everywhere it like you a, look. There's <laughs> literally a shot of the the bridge in this film, mm. like as an establishing shot. It's like wow, this it really does feel like um that that trope, that sequel trope of like it's the same thing, but now they're in the contrasting location yeah. from the first film. It's it's Ace Ventura two. It's um Crocodile Dundee in Los Angeles two yeah. <laughs> or three. Yeah, or well, I mean, well, yeah. the first one is really him going to the contrasting place, but the. Uh, yeah, so he's he's taken to San Francisco because Bruce Lee has opened up a school where he's giving the, the kung fu secrets to the whiteies of San Francisco. Mm. And so he, he goes there to sort of sort that out, protect that. But yeah, he's... Um, he's also trying to find a school for his now adolescent and very stroppy son yeah. um, who they're, they're struggling as a family unit after the death of a man's wife at the end of the yeah. third film and yeah they there's racially motivated attacks at school and he beats up a bunch of high schoolers <laughs> yeah they, they, so he has to get like a a letter of recommendation from like the head of the chinese embassy in the u.s so that his son can go to the school but he won't give it to him because he won't help them stop bruce lee from teaching wing chun to, mm. to americans and then somehow Ip man ends up at the school and he's and he sees a a um chinese young chinese girl getting bullied from from a bunch of snooty white americans and so he essentially he doesn't beat them up in the same way he beats up like the 10 guys mm. that were on him in the first one but he saves her and then turns out she is the daughter of 
the embassy guy that didn't want to write him a letter of recommendation and so they sort of have this kind of like weird tension between them where it's like you saved my daughter but i don't want to i don't want to help you out this way um the bad guy in this is played by scott adkins scott adkins from john mc4 and he is a like a um military general Mm. like you see him at military training camps and my and this isn't his name but the subtitles called him gunny and i thought that was very funny that like that first of all when i thought it was his name that the guy who works for the army would be named gunny and that's a very funny like nominative determinism from like Mm. translating the script over to english um but then also uh apparently it's not his name which makes me think that in china they call this this role of the military the gunny for sure right, like yeah, much yeah. you would call someone a tradie or whatever which sounds very kiwi doesn't it to be like yeah. oh where's your gunny at where's your gunny who's your gunny on this yeah, on this yeah. camp on the show <laughs> yeah <laughs> um yeah so um he's interesting in it and one thing i wanted to talk about that gets brought up in this film is he has a a soldier under his keep, this, this Chinese guy who is using a um, what they call like a Wing Chun equivalent of a punching bag, which is this like dummy, dummy, this yeah. wooden dummy that has like sticks poking out of it. And Gunny, whatever his real name is, gets real like condescending about, it and he's like, "How could this help?" And Richard. I'd been wondering that the whole movie. You mentioned before, like, I watch the movies like this and think to myself, I could do that. And that's absolutely not true for the martial arts. But watching them practice on these dummies, I was just like, what are they even doing? I could do that. It's just, they're they're moving very slowly. They're like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm curious to know what is the, like the the practice with, what is the discipline with fighting one of those dummies? Because they're not moving out out of you know they're not moving so fast i couldn't also do it i wonder like how helpful it is because it doesn't to my dumb untrained yeah, but i mean you could say that about anything that like the you know a punching bag that you're like i could punch a punching bag that i could punch a punching bag i like going to the buskers festival whenever it arrives in christchurch and watching an act for five minutes and then being like i could do that uh, you're yeah, like yeah. A, a, a contortionist and they like get inside this like tiny box and you're like yeah i could do that yeah yeah <laughs> so, uh, swallowing a sword yeah yeah like <laughs> eating an apple and then swallowing a sword which you know is like don't try this at home kids um yeah i mean i think it's 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 a lot about the just the muscle memory of the movements of where mm. to block is yeah would be the main thing I would well, say maybe maybe for the next cult elders segment if anyone any of the cult elders have any knowledge on this they could let us know because i'm not trying to be rude i just genuinely don't understand how that would help. i just i just don't think it's that hard <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, so this film was like i i quite enjoyed watching all the other four this mm-hmm. one was like i'd I'd had a day where I'd started early and I was hoping to finish early as well. And then I got put on another job and ended up finishing like normal time or slightly later. And so it was like, I was hoping to like have this movie done and dusted by the time Jess got home. And then we could just like hang out. And then it was like, Oh, and I came home, had to put this movie on. Jess was like, can we watch something else? I was like, well, no, we're recording tomorrow night. So I had to put it on. And it was just like, by the time I got around to watching this film, I was just so sick of these films 
yeah same and so same. it was like <laughs> yeah i it wasn't i was in an a, annoyed mood at the fact that i was now having to watch this and having to like force jess to watch this and so i did offer to go watch it so and and um the office or something and she said no it's fine but yeah so I, it was just this one was just a chore to get through and it's like yeah. i didn't even dislike the movie i was just annoyed at the fact i had to watch it and it was an obstacle for me you know yeah i i felt pretty similar again watching you know cramming when i could watch these so i watched the second half of master uh, master z and this on the same same day and I don't like to to watch more than one film franchise Fortnite's movie in one day because yeah. it feels like I'm I've forgotten how to do it best. Um, back back when we first started the podcast, and we had to watch like seven Nightmare on Elm Street Friday the Thirteenth movies in one day. Mm. Remember that? Yeah, but we were together. <laughs> Gone of those days. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Well, the, you you and I weren't the only people kind of sick of this movie though, Richard, because uh, during the 2019 Hong Kong protesters protests, um, protesters urged to boy a boycott of this film, citing that the pro Beijing stances of actors Donnie Yen and Danny Chan and producer Raymond Wong meant it was unethical to give this movie your support. Um, and apparently they actively spoiled the film on social media in both english and chinese <laughs> it man dies yeah yeah what does that even spoil yeah. like this person you know do- would die about this time dies of course you'd make and it's called the finale what do you think yeah, yeah, yeah. not to not to defend the pro beijing stances of donnie yen and company i didn't think i think i knew that about um yeah i knew that about donnie yen. i mean a, a lot of big hollywood stuff but it's like i mean I don't want to sympathize with them too much, but it is also like, if you are a big star in a country with one of the most oppressive governments in the world, Mm. you're not really in a position to speak out against them. Like when, when, when your films are funded by the government and all these things. And so it's like, yeah, I mean, there's, I'm sure there's various because there was a lot of issues with like people um, posting pictures of support and stuff. And it's like a lot of these social media accounts aren't run by those people. And, Mm. you know, if you want to have a career in China, if you want your family to be safe in China, you have to show Mm. support for the government. And so I don't know the details of Donnie Yen's support of the Chinese government, but... I, I I have a little bit of sympathy for. I at least at least I wonder if that's the difficult situation he's in. Mm. You know, that's that's the best case scenario that you want to believe about all these pro Beijing. Yeah, um, that it's actors, like right? yeah you I, I yeah I I don't believe Donnie Yen or mm. most of these actors. I mean, someone like someone like Jackie Chan is like a big enough star, especially in the um in the West that. You know, you you think, oh, he could be an activist for the other side, and 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 and, and wasn't, you know. <laughs> but yeah, I think that there was just a little bit. Of, I I don't think it's as clear cut as like, oh, this person supports the government. I think that there's fear, um, forcing them mm, to to yeah. do that. No, I agree. Any more thoughts on Ip Man for the finale? Did you did you did, there's there's like this whole. It ends with his death. His death didn't happen until a number of years after the, the events of, of the film, I don't think. But um, 
Mm. And also he's supposed to be like nearing 70, I think, in this movie. And it's like maybe 42-year-old Donnie Yeah, he's, got a, he's just got a few grey hairs in this one. <laughs> but yeah, any, any other thoughts oh, before Donnie. we move on to a couple of, of sections that I've, I've prepared for us? Donnie Yen uh, turns 60 this year. Okay, so he just looks young then. <laughs> yeah. That's still pretty young. Um, yeah. So it's our fourth Scott Adkins film as well. He's, he's appeared in Doctor Strange, X-Men Origins, Wolverine, and The Expendables 2. Um, wow. So, Did not know he was in any of those. I mean, I yeah. when I was watching John Wick Chapter 4 and he's in this big fat suit, I was like, who the fuck is that guy? Like, I recognize him. And I know that, like, there's a, a fat suit. So it's like, I know that... I was like, it's going to be so obvious to me when I hear the guy's name. Scott Akins, don't know who that is. Look up a photo of him, don't recognize him. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. So, Richard, I thought I'd I'd find out what actually happened in It Man's life compared to what the movies portray. Mm. Because, like, initially I was like, I want to lead a life that warrants four biopics and a spinoff, you know? Like, that feels like that's a life well lived. Mm. But then I was like... It's awfully convenient, some of the stuff. So how much actually yeah. happened? I do, and, do you, I, yep. If you, at the end of your life, or someone writes a biography about your life, mm-hmm. um, or you write an autobiography when, when you feel the time is right, how far in do you think you are at the moment? I don't think I've begun. Wow. You think it's going to start after this conversation? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chapter chapter one. I just wrapped up the conversation about the Ip Man franchise. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't, what about you? I Because I, I feel like... No, if I, I do I something, like- if I do something noteworthy enough to have warrant an autobiography, I'm not close to it yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I think yeah. what I'm saying. Because I like- I recently read a friend of mine's autobiography, and it's it's mm. interesting, you know, re- reading an autobiography and just being able to quite openly talk to that person about mm. writing it and and whatnot. It was written by mm. a ghostwriter, but yeah, I, the thing I just find fascinating about it. And I mean, this is true of any autobiography, but it's just you know, because it's someone who's I know personally mm. that it's like the idea that you know, especially with a ghostwriter, that someone looks at your life and says, objective, like or from from an outside point of view, your life is about this. This is the narrative of your life, and then so you talk about like. Oh, one of the most transformative experiences for me, one of the most important things that happened to me is I lived in London for two years. And then you read the autobiography and it's just, and it's two sentences. But then there's one conversation you had with someone. Yeah. And it's like, this is multiple pages because from an outside point of view, this one 10 minute conversation is more important to the story of your life than the, than the two years you, and anything totally. that happened there. And it's, yeah, it's so fascinating to have someone else tell you what your life is about and what's important to that narrative specifically, not yeah. just like your life. Yeah. 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 Agreed. Agreed. Well, Richard, um, upon, uh, and this, uh, I didn't by any means do like a deep dive into his Did life. You get I, I skimmed, I, no, I didn't. I skimmed the <laughs> I Wikipedia page. <laughs> I skimmed the Wikipedia page for the for the real life Ip Man, and from what I can discern, uh, the stuff at the end of each movie it'll say like like text will come up yeah, on screen yeah. and tell you like what happened. All of that is true, mm. but virtually nothing else is. <laughs> yeah, right. So so like and and it like it's like at the end of Ip Man three, it just says Ip Man's wife died in nineteen. 19- 67 mm. and it's like yes that is a true statement but nothing else of the movie 
actually happened. So here are, here are, here are a list of things that I thought would be relevant. Um, so he was um, around, I think, Fushan. Fushan is the name of the town in the first film. He was during, He was like there during the start of the Second Sino-Japanese War, though it is believed that he possibly actually left and moved to Kwok Fu for a lot of it. So he wasn't even, like, there. Uh, and the movies claim that he fought a bunch of Japanese dudes and delivered China to freedom. Seems to be largely fabricated. Which wow. I was like, surely that's the, like, reason you make the biopic about him. But it sounds like it's not true. <laughs> yeah. um, he was also a captain in the Foshan police patrols for a number of years. None of that was featured in the films. Um, and Ip found some time to train his second son, Ip Ching, during the year 1949, which is where the second film takes place. At the end of 1949, after the Chinese Communist Party won the Chinese Civil War, as Ip was a member of the... Uh, I'm not going to try to pronounce that. Of some... I don't even know what it's referring to. Um, Ip, his wife, and his, his eldest daughter, not featured in any of these films, um, left to go to Hong Kong. So that's sort of the timeline of where they've mixed the first, the end of the first one and the start of the right. second one up. So his wife and daughter later returned to Fashan to retrieve their identity cards. And due to the closure of borders, this would make a much more interesting movie to me, and it's not <laughs> in any of the movies. Um, due to the closure of borders between China and Hong Kong in 1951, Ip and Chung, his his wife, were separated for the rest of her life. Far out. So, she was she uh, left in 1951. She died in 1963, I think. So they never met again. They never reconnected. Fuck. <laughs> Which and that's not in the movie, right? No. They they are together when she dies. Um. Uh, and um, during this time, while he, she was while they were separated, uh, Ip Man fathered an illegitimate child with a mistress who also died of cancer in 1968. Wow. So none of that's featured as well. He's presented as a very stand-up, mm. very honourable man. Never, never looked at another woman again after the death of his wife. And it's like, no, no, he looked at another woman before she was even. He looked at her naked her. and had sex with her. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Ip began teaching Wing Chun in the early 1950s to escape poverty and to allegedly feed his opium addiction. He's addicted. He's addicted to cigarettes in the oh, films, but even that's pretty opium. Pr pretty understated. But this apparently his opium addiction like was a defining part of his life that is just completely like. So like if Ip Man films. watched these films, he'd be like, "Where's me opium?" Where's me opes? Yeah. <laughs> um, Ip's notable students do include. Uh, Bruce Lee, so that's true, and a bunch mm. of other people as well who I, I haven't really heard of. Uh, and he did die in the time that it says he died in, but well, there was nothing. Uh, there was nothing that was like about he went to San Francisco to tell off Bruce Lee for teaching. You know, like all of the stuff which feels pretty factual. I couldn't find any like, you know, they, it's not mentioned in his life story on on Wikipedia page on his Wikipedia page. And the other thing I found out is that Chung Tin Chi, who's the 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 main character in Master Z, was an actual person, but that's about as far as that goes. I don't think any of Master Z is remotely based on truth, other than the fact that this guy probably existed in in real life. Damn. So 
It's all. I said, how do you do a franchise made up of biopics? Uh, by not really making the biopics is mm. the answer, I think. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we, t- we talk about titles a lot on this podcast, and I thought this would be a good place to do it, because why is Master Z called that? Why is that the name of the movie? The main character's not Master Z, or at least he's not called Master Z, and I think it might be because the, su- the actor's surname is, is Zhang, starting yeah. with a Z. Is that why? Is it like calling like it's like you know when there was like like the Bill Cosby show, right? Like mm, yeah, or, yeah, or right, the Michael yeah. J. Fox show. Is it that kind of thing where it's referring to the actor more than the? Well, I think the um the like Italian title for Teen Wolf is called Boy from the Future because it starred <laughs> Michael J. Fox, even though it has nothing yeah. to do with that. Maybe. I'm just trying to see if there's a uh, any answer to this question. I did give it a gook, but I couldn't find it. Damn. Well, then, I guess not. No. Uh, Ip Man's original title, the original film, was controversial. It was disputed when film director Wong Kar Wai announced plans to make his own Ip Man film with Tony Leung Chu Wai while filming the film 2046. Wong had planned his own Ip Man biopic called The Grandmaster, with Leung playing the role of Ip, um, but it got stuck in development hell, and uh, the there was plans to name the original Ip Man film, the one we watched, Grandmaster Yip Man, which Wong Kar Wai, who I feel like is a much more notable director than um Wilson Yip, um, you know, like like he was like, You can't call it that. I've been this is my like magnum opus. I've been trying to make this for years and you're just gonna like usurp me like that. Um so the to settle to settle the dispute, uh Raymond Wong publicly rejected the film title and tried to claim that all along they'd wanted to call it Ip Man. Um and that the the title Grandmaster Yip Man was suggested out of respect for Ip Man himself. So for Ip Man 2, the Chinese title of the film was called Ip Man 2, Legend of a Grandmaster, which spurred up the same <laughs> argument again because, because uh, Wong Kar Wai's film still wasn't out by the time Ip Man 2 came out. Wilson Yip tried to explain that the title, the sequel is about Ip Man being elevated from a master to a hero Grandmaster, so we have Grandmaster in the title um so they got away with it in china but it is not called that in other countries other regions um and this will move us swiftly into continue the franchise where we each try and pitch a a sequel to the Ibman franchise um and there's some relevant stuff here because uh there are dozens of Ipman ideas and properties that aren't part of the the Donnie Yen mm. Wilson Yip franchise. Um, so the Grandmaster was released directed by Wong Kar Wai in in 2013, which is based around Ipman's life. I don't know how much more true to life it is than what as their parent like straight up lies of the the series we watched. I want to say um, something about the the opium addicted adulterer that really was yeah. Ipman. Yeah, it's like when um when uh Sasha Baron Cohen left the Freddie Mercury mm. biopic because he's like, That's not his life. I wanna be real, I wanna see the real stuff. 
Um, there's also Ip Man The Final Fight, also released in 2013, and there was also The Legend Is Born, Ip Man, in 2010, and Ip Man Kung Fu Master in 2019, and a TV series called Ip Man, also released in 2013, <laughs> um, all of which are unrelated to the Donnie Yen series and to each other. These aren't like... Uh-huh lost franchises they're all just separately made um and because of all of these things coming out around the same time this was apparently why Ip Man 3 came out five years after Ip Man 2 because um everyone they were just waiting for the Ip Man craze of (laughs) all of these movies to die down um so also lucky for us there is reportedly a master z sequel in the works in april 2019 it was reported that max Zhang is set to reprise the role um and a sequel is reportedly taking a budget cut going from 13 million going to 13 million from the originals 28 million uh so that seems like a you know an omen uh for a sequel so see if that comes out in a couple years or not did you know by the way that um talking about uh you know English-speaking actors having small parts in Chinese films. Do you know Aaron is in one? No. Yeah. Our Aaron. Our, our, Aaron, our from Aaron. Our Aaron from uh, yeah. Yeah, the, the Oscars episodes is in, I can't remember what it's called or anything, but yeah, he has a, a very small part in a Chinese film that's shot here. Wow, yeah. cool. I'd we be, should ask him about yeah, it. Yeah. What is your continue the franchise? I want to see an american remake of it man but here's the, the here's the key yeah I, I want it to completely miss the point <laughs> okay yeah i want it to nice. be e- even more factually incorrect i want it to paint the u.s army as mm. the good guys helping yeah. out at man he has a, he has a, a wise cracking sidekick he obviously speaks mm-hmm. english and yeah. um yeah, just you know, it meant like and really bring in it man to mm. Western audiences, and mm. but you know, obviously America has to look look good, and I want it to be done with the same sort of oversight of the U.S. arm with from the U.S. Army that I'm sure mm. you know the Chinese government and um, <laughs> Chinese politics and Chinese armies had mm. over over this series. Yeah, nice. And a man will be played by Mel Gibson. <laughs> My could do the franchise is called Yen Ip Man Legacy. And if we're following along the timeline of Ip Man, I want to see a biopic about Donnie Yen taking on the role of playing Ip Man wow. for the first film, but someone else is playing Donnie Yen. Like he's wow. not playing himself. Mel Gibson. So it's 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 like another yeah, Mel it's Gibson. Mel Gibson so is Donnie Yen is <laughs> It's like it's it's like another way to like swing back round the biopic format yeah, in right, on yeah. itself and be making a biopic about set in the time the fictional timeline of the Ip Man franchise. So Donnie Yen can appear in it as what we remember of the actual Ip Man, mm. but he's not playing Donnie Yen. Someone else is playing Donnie Yen who is training to become Ip Man. And you know what? Since none of the other ones are factually accurate anything can happen in this he can fight a dragon i don't know like it can be like real and we can make it as exciting as we want but i thought that would be a fun way to both keep the ip man legacy subtitle going but also like do like a fun little meta textual mm. uh it's like how there's itself. a film about the guy that rocky balboa was supposedly based on and in it he meets 
Stallone on the set of Copland. Exactly. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I guess now it's time to rank that franchise, isn't it? Yes. So if you go over to letterboxd.com slash cultpopshire, we have a... Um, well, yeah, we have a, a list where we've ranked every franchise we've ever covered. I'm struggling to sign into the account, but that's my fault and not Letterboxd's fault, who are perfect. And I have no reason to complain about Letterboxd, nor would I ever dream of doing such a thing. Alrighty. Okay, so we have a list of every franchise we've ever watched. Um, And while I don't think... Ip Man is a gold star franchise, which is how we indicate when there's no weak link in a franchise. Or is it? Maybe it is. Uh, because it's not like the third one's terrible yeah. or anything. So maybe it is a gold star franchise. Yeah, fuck it. We don't give out gold stars often. Yeah. And I reckon we place this pretty high up the list as well. It's it's a franchise which doesn't... It didn't like necessarily give me many highs, but there it's just really like quality and the people who enjoy it don't seem to have any complaints about any of them and so i think that's pretty interesting so i'm pitching to you that we put it let's go what do you reckon between jumanji and the muppet movie at number 17 i like that yeah yeah that's a good place to put it. So it's the 17th best franchise we've ever watched mm. and that is Let the us know ranking how your how, how what because we have people are playing along at home now mm. guessing where we're going to rank it and they were all completely thrown off when we put Hunger Games quite high. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's again it's like Hunger Games is more like it's a um it's a franchise which like earns the this place less like in in a way that may not be entirely obvious i guess mm. is my response yeah, go to back that. and listen to the hunger games episode and uh see what you think you know mm. yeah yeah exactly Alrighty, so that is the end of the ip man discussion all we've got to do now is franchise roulette is that yes. right yes i believe wow so. how often do we do franchise roulette this many times in a row i feel like yeah there's been nothing to in interrupt it no multi-weeks for a while anything. now yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Alrighty, so this is where we have a little uh franchise a list of film franchises each with a number randomly assigned to it and we're going to get a random number generated give us a number and that will be the franchise that we watch um and before uh yeah give us a number first richard and then i'll do the little plug and so then i'll make you guess okay six franchise six. number six very nerve-wrackingly nerve high up the list um if you enjoyed this episode before we reveal what franchise that is if you enjoyed this episode please consider following us on twitter and instagram at cole popsha you can also join our discord which is in the there'll be a link to in the show notes um and come and chat to us about what you thought was the ip man what was good about Ip Man films or what was bad about them. We would love to hear your thoughts on our thoughts. You can also, if you like this podcast enough, donate to it over at patreon.com slash copopshire, where every second film franchise Fortnite's you get to choose, you get to vote on the franchise we cover, and you get all sorts of treats. You get exclusive podcasts that are always late each month. Uh, very fun. And you also get to mm. uh 
become part of the discussion itself in the Cult Elders episodes that we do every third week. Uh, and you also get to contribute to the post credit scene, which is coming up right after this music ends. Richard, what is our next franchise? All right. It's a trilogy. Nice, easy one. Cool. Um, nice. It is something that I think it's going to be a very much a spiritual successor to our Hunger Games episode. Is it the Maze Runner? It is the Maze Runner. You're kidding me. <laughs> no, I can't, I can't believe we got Maze Runner. So in two weeks' time, we'll be covering the Maze Runner, Maze Runner, The Scorch Trials, and Maze Runner, The Death Cure. There are only three of them. I can't I, believe. I, 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 I always think there's more than three. or that because they, they decided not to split it into mm. two. But there are more on the way, apparently. I can't believe we are jumping back in to the young adult fiction. Mm. Well, I mean, it feels like it feels Already. right. I mean, this is what people should have suggested we follow up Hunger <laughs> instead Games of it, with, man. Instead of it, yeah. man. I don't know what, what they were thinking. I, I think it's <laughs> funny that it took us like six years to go f- to get to Hunger Games after we did Divergent, which was like a spiritual successor to that. Yeah. And now it's taking us a month to get to <laughs> the, <laughs> the, next, runner, yeah. the next logical conversation. Well, that's, I franchise. think we're in the final season of our lives. Um, if we're oh, talking autobiograph- <laughs> autobiographically. Right, you think we're at the end, not the start. Absolutely. I mean, like, if, if you were to, if, if our lives were a sitcom, we've talked about this a, a few times, that, like, you know, like, you watch Friends, and, like, at the end of it, it's like, Monica's a chef, uh, Rachel works at Bloomington Dales, and they, they all have, like, these super high-paying jobs that just feel, like, unrealistic for, like, you were fucking unemployed in season one, and now you have your dream job, and it's like, you're now full-time at Letterboxd, which I hope you're okay with me saying that. I um, review movies on TV, and it's like, we were just a couple of dumb fucking nobodies when we started this show, and now we're, like, kind of big deals. And it, <laughs> it feels unrealistic to have gotten here in the six years, the six, seven years that we've been doing this podcast. And... Mm. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's like plot, plot speed ramping in the last couple of seasons. Uh, yeah, it's it like just, Game, Game of Thrones season seven or season eight. Yeah, it, it, it's a it's a strange feeling, but yeah, it feels like we've. Yeah, I don't know. It, 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 I, our lives feel unrealistic from where we started. Well, let's hope this doesn't jinx it. Thank you very much for listening, everybody, and stay tuned for the post credit scene after the music and then stay even more tuned for the Maze Runner episode in two weeks' time. Stay a little less tuned than that, but more tuned than for the post-credit scene. For next week, we will be Mm. doing something fun. We haven't decided yet necessarily. Or maybe we have. You'll have to tune in and find out. Alright, welcome along to the post credit scene. This is a segment at the end of each episode where if you donate $5 or more over at patreon.com slash Popsha, you get to give us something to talk about in the post the credit in the post the credit scene. And this the post credit wow. scene. God, how, how many episodes I've never seen? 162 post credit scenes. You haven't fucked it up <laughs> until now. What is it, Richard? Who's it from and what is it? This one comes to us from Jake. Just simply Jake. Who says, Jake. what was your favorite and least favorite thing about each country you've been to? Each country I've been to? Okay, I've been. I've only been to, like, assuming not including New Zealand. Yeah, right? yeah let's assume we're not including New Zealand. 
I have been to three countries, two of them in the last year, which is pretty <laughs> shocking. I've been to Australia a few times, mm. and I've been to London. Well, I've been to England, and I've been to. I've done two stops there and back in San Francisco, so I never really left the yeah. airport. So my, my my least favorite thing about America was that everything looks like you're in an airport. Like it's, <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Um, no, I don't. I don't know if I can really speak to America just because I haven't um, didn't stay that much. I think it was weird having to like pay for tipping on like just paying for something with the FPOS card. There's a tip thing there that was kind of strange i'm not used to that um my on my flight back uh, i was in the airport after the news of a of the most recent school shooting so i would say that, that doesn't narrow down probably, what time you were there at all well yeah yeah that but that is something i don't like about yeah. <laughs> that country mm. um london england i would say like it's just it's very crowded and very scary and like the big difference between New Zealand and being in like one of the like most populated cities in the world I guess is like people are more people have been trained their whole life to be able to like deal with like big crowds and going on an underground train that's extremely loud and in the dark and they're all cool with that but for me I was like I don't know if I could do this every day i think i'd probably have a panic attack a week trying to do this um my favorite thing about england though is that everyone is dressed so much hotter than anyone ever dresses in new zealand mm. like you go you go to the, the the supermarket in new zealand it wouldn't be that weird to like maybe see someone in a dressing gown you yeah. know well, pajama pants, in a while. Yeah. pajama pants this sort of thing everyone in england is dressed like they're on their way to like a fashion shoot like they look mm. so hot because they've left the house and that's the Rule, you know you leave yeah. the house you dress up so let's go through the countries i've been to um australia been there a handful of times my least favorite thing about australia is it's like they're rabid over there man it's like a rabid version of new zealand right yeah the, <laughs> um i would say i mean favorite that there's melbourne is just a really cool place that's like cool vibes um I want to go to Melbourne. I've never been to Melbourne. Yeah, Mel- Melbourne's sort of like very hipstery, indie sort of thing. And there's a lot of like hidden bars and stuff that's really cool. And so just the general vibe of Melbourne, my favorite thing about Australia. Least favorite thing is like all the fucking spiders and shit. Um, and, you know, it's not uncommon to see a fucking gigantic insect that is trying to kill you. <laughs> Whereas I've been, um, the States went there recently. I mean, favorite stuff is just like the food i guess and just the massive portion sizes but then my least favorite thing would be what that does to my stomach um like i mean like i i i give america a lot of shit politically and and other things that i very much disagree with about america but i i i love it as a country and i i love visiting there i don't know that i could like the idea of living there it's for an extended period of time freaks me out because of healthcare and Mm. and whatnot but um yeah i mean least favorite things the tipping culture is i mean and and food it surprised me how expensive food is um over there because i always sort of thought oh well it's slightly cheaper because of um of tipping and whatnot but it's like no the dollar amount is the same once you Mm. convert that it's 1.6 1.6 times as expensive as it would be in new zealand then you have to tip and add tax on top of that so it ends up being double the price it is to eat here um where else have i been uh i went to the uk when i was a child um 
I would say favorite things about London. I remember going to uh, Harrods, very fun. Uh, but again, just the cost of everything was was crazy. Went to Paris, uh, so France. Um, loved all the food and culture and everything. And but the worst part about that is just the French people. Um, <laughs> Thailand. I mean, most of the places I've been to, just the highlight is the food. I mean, everywhere else, everywhere you go, and just getting authentic food from that place is, is amazing. Um, in Thailand, I went to a place called Kanchanaburi, where I worked for elephants for a day, which was amazing. But And that was the most sort of chill time we had in Thailand. The least favorite part about Thailand is just how busy it is. Cambodia, my favorite part is how it's just a chilled out version of Thailand. My least favorite part is actually my least favorite part of Thailand is the airport is Phuket airport. If you're going into Thailand, I don't care how much cheaper it is. Do not fly through Phuket. It is the worst airport in the world. <laughs> Pay the extra going through Bangkok, which is a decent airport. Cambodia. Um, Cambodia is great. Cambodia is one of my favorite countries I've been to, but um, I don't like how if you're going uh, travel advice if you're going to Cambodia and you think oh I want to do karaoke that's what they call brothels so you go into a karaoke bar and we went in and we were like how does it work and they go oh yeah you just go into the room and then we'll send in the woman and you choose one and we're like hmm doesn't sound like what we're after um mm. Japan again food is incredible um and that's also like that's one that really just caught me. My favorite thing is probably the the convenience stores. That's really the thing I miss the most. Least favorite things, yeah, just how busy it is. But people are a lot more aware of. Uh, it, it's a lot safer than somewhere like Thailand feels. China least favorite part was that it, I was just stuck in a hotel room for two weeks because of COVID. Um, favorite part was the pizza hut at the hotel was really nice and not at all greasy. Um, Singapore, I guess, uh, least favorite thing would be the heat. Favorite thing is that it's just, it's a hub. It's where you go through to get whatever. And I think that Scotland as well. I went to Scotland. Mm. Um, and had that cool baguette or something behind the in that yeah oven. yeah the the bap that I had the, the bap. bacon bap um, yeah uh, and mm. least favorite thing would be we went to go see my mum's childhood house oh. and uh, it would it had been demolished <laughs> it's just an open Richard, field this entire time you've been talking I know you've been very, very exciting has been happening in front of me. You were talking about how, like, the, your least favorite thing about Australia is, like, the spiders. And not long after you said this, this little, like, white tail crawled up my window, and I was like, oh, my God. there's And that's, you know, the deadliest spider in New Zealand. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I was like, oh, my God, i got to tell Richard about the spider that's just crawled up. And then, and that was already news. And then it crawled up, and then it got caught in a daddy long leg spider web. Wow. And now the daddy long legs is currently doing the thing where it's winding, wrapping like, it up, yeah. wrapping it up. I've never seen this in real life before. This is crazy. Wow. This is crazy stuff. I can't believe I witnessed that. I like saw it get caught and the daddy log legs like jump on it. This is so exciting. Wow, it's pull. It's oh my god! It's currently it's pulled it off the web and it's like little package. Yeah. What's it gonna do? Is it gonna eat it? How does it eat it? Wow, this is fascinating to watch. 
All right, everyone. We'll see you next time.